This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. This is July 8th. It's The List and your girl number three. Jimmy is traveling yet again, so... We got the the celebrity, Hollywood Denise Salcedo herself, to join us. I'm back. I'm excited. Um, I was freaking out, too. I was like, oh, my God, I'm running late for the show. Uh, but I made it. I made it. You made it. We're good. A reminder, guys, if you're watching on YouTube.com slash Fightful, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, comment, uh, leave a comment in the live chat even. All that stuff really helps. But we are also on podcast platforms everywhere iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Player FM, Spotify. There are a bunch of platforms I don't even know about that we're on, but we're on a lot of them. So check that out. But if you're watching live, you can donate a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. And then live after the show, we keep the party going for another 10 minutes or so with the list goes on on FightfulSelect.com. Check out FightfulSelect.com. Uh, this week alone, I broke uh, news on the original Royal Rumble winner, uh, a wrestler that Vince McMahon has gotten behind. I've got a major NWA update this week. I've got an update on the Riddle AJ Styles segment that happened a couple weeks ago. Some coronavirus stuff. We've got plenty of stuff going on over there. And Tier 2 members will get my interview with Kylie Ray early access this weekend. I'm very excited about that. As we get into the show, Matt Reichel says, Hi, Denise and Taylor Swift, or hi, Sean and Denise. Taylor Swift is the man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm. That's, that's the man I can get behind. <laughs> and Anakin says, Denise, I want to personally thank you for perhaps my best gifs yet. I will say, I really liked the isolated reaction of me watching you go off about Taylor Swift. I even posted it on YouTube. Oh, did you really? Because yeah. I. I was watching and I was like, oh, I was like, let me see what this is. And it's funny because it's like no sounds, but you're like, it's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, check that out, guys. But Throwback 27 gets us kicked off with some wrestling talk. Check out his show on Tuesdays, by the way, guys, YouTube.com slash Throwback 27. He had a very candid show last night. He said, who do you guys have for tonight's Great American Bash Night 2? Do you think Keith Lee can win it? Or is Cole the champ? Or even Cross shows up. Spoiler free here. So I'm not going to let the spoilers weigh into my prediction at all. But I had gotten some news a while back. And Belt Fan Dan's put it out there. That NXT was kind of ordering a bigger championship belt. And I would think that a bigger championship belt would mean that maybe a bigger guy was holding it, Denise. So I think it'll be Keith Lee. Um... I'm going to go with Adam Cole just because okay. I just feel like there's so much that you can still do with Adam Cole. And I still feel that the money, even though we had Adam Cole Finn, I still feel that's where the money's at. Well, you res- you reserve the right to be wrong. That's that's completely <laughs> fine. But while we're on the subject of championship belts, we got some immediate reactions to the U.S. title belt the other night. We've had some more time to digest it, to kind of look at it. How are you feeling a couple days after the debut of the new U.S. title? 
I still feel the same way. I don't think I've changed my opinion about it at all. And I know that I've been seeing like so many different photos of different bouts on my timeline, and I'm st- I still like it. Yeah, I really, uh, I think that the way that I was able to catch it in different light really helped. I like the the 3D look of it. Uh, it's 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 a little bit. I don't want to say more detailed, but it is a little bit different than than some of the designs that we've seen in the past. I, I'm not big on the champion being across right. there because, as I mentioned, it's a championship belt. We know you're a champion already. Like, we, we See, know and this. I didn't have a problem with that. I actually thought it kind of looked pretty cool. And I know I mentioned I mentioned on Monday that I did like the stars and the sparkly touch to it. And I know some people didn't like that, but it captured my attention. But I did like the 3D aspect of it as well. And I just think that compared to some of the other bouts that we've seen, uh, like, there's so many that they just fell so short of expectations. But I just didn't feel that way with this one. Yeah, and uh, Belfan Dan is a guy that we have had on the show before. And I... I confer with him with a lot of championship levels or championship belt stuff. He told, he said that the, uh, the belt was 3d laser metal powder printed. Wow. What does that even mean? I don't know. Like that's, that's the thing I'd have to have him on to explain that. He right. said designed and produced, uh, by some guys. Wildcat did the paint and assembly. Wildcat belts do a lot of different belts. I think they may have even done the fightful championship and a guy named J.R. Zilla Leather did the strap. So, I mean, lots of news out there. But there's some more title belt news that he's kind of put out there, that we've kind of put out there in the past. Which, quite frankly, if I get title belt news, it's coming from that guy. That's that's who's giving me the title belt news, usually, unless it's an actual wrestler. Um, they've had new SmackDown tag team titles since WrestleMania 35. WrestleMania 35. And have not yeah. used them. That's last really? year. Just sitting around. I wonder why. Maybe they didn't like the look. Maybe they're waiting for the right for the right time to bring them out. Well, as he says, sometimes they just don't even use them. And they end up sitting in the warehouse. Isn't that doesn't that surprise you a little bit that they just? Eh, no, we don't want that update. Well, I mean, I can see that happening because I mean, to make an update like that, I consider very important. I mean, there are certain things that you update that they need to be updated constantly. And then there are certain things where you might go back and forth. And I can definitely see that being a being a discussion when it comes to the belt because this is something that we're seeing. This is a focal point. This is something we're seeing each and every single week. So if maybe they don't feel like it's the right time or the right belt, I always feel like maybe there's other ideas that can come about. So I'm not surprised whatsoever that there's some belts sitting back there. And to me, it's like I would have shored that up before t- beforehand. Like, for example, I'm sure Jimmy had an idea in plan when he had that Fightful Championship made. You would think that it would be signed off on and prepared and all that stuff. But as we see with the AEW TNT Championship, even the best laid plans can sometimes go awry. Like, they haven't been able to finish that championship belt. And it looks hideous as a result. Uh, He had mentioned the NXT belt being replaced with a larger one. uh, And they had... I think they had introduced the NXT title or made some changes to it whenever uh, the, the the interim one was crowned. But, yeah, I, I love the belt talk. We almost had a championship belt wrestling podcast at one point, but it didn't end up happening. But 
lots of and here's the thing too though is that like for us like you say like oh you know uh jimmy had to like you know really think about the bow blah 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 the design and all of that but it's different because it's like okay like they're a big like me if i was designing about all my eggs all my money would go into this like i can't afford to be getting multiple options here versus like for them obviously they can so i think that's why it's like a different like deal Anakin JMP says, shout out to Sean drinking Pepsi over Coke. Yeah, I dropped like 14 pounds accidentally last month, so I'm trying to drink in some stuff with calories in it to try to get my weight back. But Rank Chaos says, Denise, who wins this year's NBA Finals, Lakers or Clippers? Sean, just call me Mario instead of my username. So Mario said that. First of all, I would never cheer for the Clippers, ever. The only people in L.A. that cheer for the Clippers are people that aren't even from L.A. They're from someplace else, and they need a team to root for, and they just can't get themselves to root for the Lakers. Uh, So I'm a Lakers fan all the way. I love it. And to the person bringing up uh, the Pepsi thing, I grew up on Pepsi. My grandmother drank Pepsi. Uh, I can't drink Diet Pepsi, though. It makes me sick. Conversely... I can drink Coke Cherry Zero, but I can't drink actual Coca-Cola because it Can makes you drink Coke Zero without the cherry? No, no. I think it tastes like ass. That's what I drink every day. <laughs> I'm sorry. You drink something that tastes like ass. Oh, man. Throwback27 says, question for both of you. Have you ever been candid on your shows? Is it the right thing to do? I'm scared to do it down the line on mine. Country Taylor is better. Well, I disagree. I think Pop Taylor is better. But yeah, our friend Throwback did uh, have pretty candidly spoke about some of the things he's been through over the past year. I've thought about doing that on my own channel. It's not something that I'll probably do on here. But what about you, Denise? You you have a wider array of topics on your channel. So here's my thing: is that I don't. I know this is going to sound kind of dull, but I don't think I have anything to be candid about. Like mm-hmm. I'm honest about everything. I'm a very open book. Like on camera, off camera, like that's just who I am. So I just feel like I just say the truth, like whenever I feel like it. I don't know. I, I, I think really that's, thought about I think it. that's I'm not, understandable. Like, anything, I guess you can say. Like I, I just say what it, whatever it is. Sure. And until last month, I didn't feel like I did either. I mean, I went through some some health stuff last month, and I thought about talking about that on my show. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll keep it private. Ultimately, it's up to the person and how they want to disseminate that information, whether it be about them or or whatever on the platform that they have. It's up to you. It's if it's your show, have at it. If especially if it helps you. Uh, Brian Hall says Taylor Swift is one of the most consistently great musicians of our time. She's one of my favorites, and I don't even like country music. Well, she doesn't do country music anymore. Well, here's the thing. The fact that people are arguing about which which Taylor Swift is better, country or pop, should tell you everything about Taylor Swift's legacy. Because how many artists do you know that can actually do that, succeed in two different genres? And she changed the pop music industry. Snoop Dogg. Um, so I'm just going to keep, uh, yeah. So I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Kanye West is successful in three genres, hip-hop, R&B, and pop. Just saying. That's what you think. That's what you <laughs> <laughs> Back 27 says, Denise, Nirvana's Nevermind or Unplugged is a must listen. Are you a Nirvana girl? Uh, I know a couple of songs, but that's about it. You are such a heel. You are such a heel. I'm sorry. I stand by what I stand by. Speaking of, of heels parading as baby faces, Roman Reigns did an interview or didn't didn't do an interview. He did a he posted a tweet 
because Fox Sports 1 uh, traveled back to the 2017 Royal Rumble. And uh, I was there. I was at that show. And he said, I might be the most important Royal Rumble competitor of all time. Before you start complaining, just think of the last five years. Well, to me, it's more than the last five years. It's 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, or uh, 20, not 19. Really, six. Because well, Let's run back to this. 2014, Roman Reigns being in that Royal Rumble might be the only thing that held it together for a while it was there. Because they eliminated Daniel Bryan. Or they didn't have him in it, whatever it was. And the crowd just destroyed everybody but Roman. If he won, he would have been all right. And uh, the next year, he won the Royal Rumble. And not to a great reaction, Denise. But the next year, he went in as WWE Champion, the main event. And he was the second to last elimination. And then, 17, 18, and 20... WWE have pulled the old swerve, the the old, we know you think that we're making Roman Reigns the winner of this, so instead he's the last eliminated. And that adds an emotional investment into the match. Do you agree with him that he is the great, the most important Royal Rumble competitor of all time? Because there is some stiff competition in Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's what, okay, so I'm just going to say yes and no. Like, yes, he was a focal point in all, everything that you just mentioned. Obviously, there's no one that can take that away from him. Uh, but I'm going to say no because the first person that immediately, immediately pops into my head is Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I just think that the impact that he had was grander in terms of the impact the Royal, that Roman Reigns had on the Royal Rumble. I just feel like it's two different things. I almost feel like Roman Reigns, like you said, like they pulled the swerve on us. Because I remember like when it was basically Roman Reigns winning, I just remember feeling like, oh, God, like I, I don't remember being excited about it. And I don't remember other people being excited about it. So I just think that it was different reactions for that. And that's not to say that I don't like Roman Reigns, obviously. Sure. But – that, that was just like how I felt at that moment watching those wins. And then even afterwards when people thought, okay, he might win and then he doesn't. I, yeah, that adds that emotional investment. But was it the good emotional type of investment or was it, oh, is this going to happen all over again sort of thing? So I would say yes and no. Yes, he was a focal point. Yes, he was important in all of those storylines. But no, I think that Austin would be one of those people that I would say would be the most important. And I love the, the confidence that he has in himself there because he should because he is. We're going to look at Austin's resume. 96, he was supposed to have a much longer run than he did in the Rumble. Austin was actually accidentally eliminated from that Royal Rumble. 97, he won. And I, it wasn't the first time we saw somebody cheat to win because you had Hogan helping Flair win. But it was really one of the first times we saw somebody cheat to win. And that set up Final Four. It helped set up Austin for one of the most famous WrestleMania matches ever. 98, Austin won the Rumble, and that's a part of the biggest push in wrestling history. 99, Austin and Vince McMahon start off at 1 and 2, and Austin is the last eliminated by Vince McMahon. So that whole match is about him. 2000, he wasn't there. 2001, he won it again. And I don't think he was, I don't think he was in a, yeah, he was in the, the 2002 Royal Rumble, and he eliminated seven people. From that Royal Rumble, went, went 26 right. minutes, was, I think, the third from the last elimination. Yeah, so I think there, he was in the final four. So, to me, if if Roman Reigns has a couple more big Royal Rumble showings, and if he wins another one, 
I would be more inclined to to agree with him. But right now, I got to go with Austin because he won three, and even the one that he didn't win was ninety nine Denise, and he still went to WrestleMania and competed for the title. But here's the thing, though, is that is it just winning that necessarily makes you important? Like, I almost feel like it has to be everything, like the story around it all. And I just don't feel like the story was necessarily there for Roman Reigns. And this is like specifically like outside of just the Royal Rumble. So I feel like it really depends on how each person deciphers or decides for themselves what makes uh, the best, the most important person in the Royal Rumble. So I feel like there's different different categories that you can sort of argue this. Anakin JMT says being a three-time Rumble winner has to put you right at the top. That's the thing. We've seen several two-time winners. We've seen Hulk Hogan, but I don't think back in the history of Royal Rumbles is Hulk Hogan as an important Royal Rumble winner because it was before the match really meant anything. But you do have some other people that have won the Royal Rumble like Triple H, but I remember him for the the two wins and then I remember him for his facial reaction when John Cena came back. And when you're thinking of, of important Royal Rumble competitors, when you've got like five appearances that stand out, that that says something. And Austin had four or five of them that really stood out. Roman Reigns has had like five or six. So to me, it's Reigns, Austin, and then like everybody else. Shawn Michaels is up there too, probably my top five. But do you have any others that you look at and you think of the Royal Rumble and their performances when you think of the match? I, you know, I remember the year that we thought Kurt Angle was going to win and he was like celebrating. And then I think Triple H was the one that ended mm-hmm. up winning that. That was probably one of the memories for me in terms of Royal Rumble history that really stands out in my mind. And then obviously the one that you can't really mention, Ben was, wow, but you know, yeah. the matter. The point is that it's something that still sticks in my memory when I go back and think about the Royal Rumble and winners like that. And those were some of the ones that I felt had an impact on me as a fan watching, but I can't say in terms of like as a whole. Yeah, and I meant me more as like performers in general because you got like Batista who won too, but I don't remember any other Royal Rumble stuff about him besides other him. than Blutista. <laughs> oh God, that Blutista ruled. But like Sean, you like Blutista? Oh, I love Blutista. But but Shawn Michaels, he won two Royal Rumbles, and then he had that amazing face-off with Undertaker in a Royal Rumble match. Triple H won two, and he had a few other things. But yeah, uh, Anakin JMT said HBK was part of the best final ten minutes ever in a Rumble in 2007 against Taker. That's another big one. That's that's what I mean. Like he had a full match with Undertaker at the end, and that that's why I'd probably put him at three, maybe. Uh, Evan Wright says Rey Mysterio in the Rumble is my big one. And yeah, that, that, that is true. But then again, what I mean by greatest Rumble performers ever, or most important rather, what else did they do besides that time they won or the time they didn't win? Right. Look at Reigns. Reigns won, and then he almost won four times. Uh, we have a super chat from somebody. Uh, I'm kind of confused. It says, what do you think of the EC3 Twitter promos? Well, I haven't really seen... If you are going to truly evolve, you have to admit who you are. Not just to yourself, to everyone. You were happy once. You were accomplished, proud, loved. But your past does not dictate your future. 
It doesn't matter who you were as a person, how good you were, how nice, how caring, how professional who you are. When you've been beaten down long enough, that person is never coming back. Now, there isn't a part of your body or your psyche that has been wounded, covered in scars. You must break every attachment to your past to liberate your future. Because only after your destruction can you be resurrected. Become the person you were always supposed to be. Without pain, without regret, without betrayal, without sacrifice, you have nothing. And you've sacrificed your body, your soul, your mind, twice. You had to perish in your previous form to be reborn. Something transcendent. You will become free. You will enter your final form. You will finish what you started. You have been warned. And all these people are like, oh, these vignettes, these vignettes. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're even talking about. I don't know where he's going. I don't know what he's doing. He just trashes me on the internet sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with EC3 vignettes at all. Uh, Rob Wilkins says, hearing anything on tonight's AEW or Taz announcement. Also, why didn't why did the Ultimate Warrior get fired from a pet shop? He wouldn't sell a pedigree. Oh, have you ever seen that <laughs> Ultimate Warrior Triple H match? Um, I don't remember it off the top of my head, oh, to be God. honest. It was at WrestleMania 12, the Ultimate Warrior's return after three and a half years, and Triple H had never been beaten, and Triple H hits him with a pedigree right out of the gate, and Ultimate Warrior just stands right up and looks at him in the face. Bro. Uh, as far as the announcement, I have not heard anything about that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have anything that, that leads me one way or another, honestly. Uh, Anakin JMT says, The Red Album is better than Reputation. I don't know what that means. You don't know what that means? Nope. R- Red was one of the albums that the fans really thought deserved a Grammy, and it got screwed. And so, it and it was did. one of her greatest albums. And so, the, the fans really clinger to that one. Uh, reminder, guys, donate a Super Chat any amount. Get your question or statement read on the air ah oh, becky lynch so she's she's out of out of our our sight so to speak for right now but she's not out of the news we ran a story on fightful today about an original pitched name madeline 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 madeline, madeline. madeline. Eh, who knows either one but sports illustrated interview becky and she said, when I was coming up with my name in WWE, I came up with a bunch of mad Irish names that I thought were cool. Since my last name was Quinn, I tried to get it in there as a first name like Quinn Shulane, uh, Ku Shulane, stuff like that. But two of the names that came back to me were Becky Lynch and something like a Madeline. And I thought, I didn't even submit that. Now, I will say, my wife and I have discussed maybe adopting in the future, and Madeline is a name that we've talked about. Uh <laughs> The other name was Robin Daly, and she said she did like Robin Daly. I think Becky Lynch was the right name. I think Robin Daly sounds like a newswoman, like a news anchor. It sounds like a golfer or a tennis player. No, 
know. Can you imagine like Robin Daly here for you, San sure. Francisco News or something like that? I don't know. That's what I think about when I thought about that. But I felt Madeline, like I can't see it. I can't see it on her like at all. It just, and the thing is too, that I think she mentioned the TV show, Madeline or the movie, the little girl with the yellow dress. Yes. She's a redhead, right? I think so. I think you're right. Or, I think so. So then I was like, okay, well, because she was a redhead, and they probably went for that name there. And so I kind of thought that that was a little bit funny that she automatically thought that. And then I, I automatically thought that, like, just reading the headline. But when I saw what she said, I was like, oh, that's funny. Like, we both thought the exact same thing. Um, I think she's a redhead. I don't know. I haven't seen the cartoon slash movie in, like, forever. Oh, them naming it, naming a character after that. Yikes. Do you think she would have gotten over as much with that name or with Robin yeah. Daly? Can you imagine calling someone the man who's named Madeline? <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's a girly name. I can't imagine saying, oh, I Madeline. Mean, Becky's a know. pretty yeah, feminine no, name, Becky too. Could go, yeah, but Becky could go. It has more of an aggressive side to it. I don't know, like Becky. It sounds more aggressive. That's true. Than Becky Madeline. Lynch, it does. It is a little more aggressive. So I'm, I'm with you right. there. I'm with you there. Kyrie Sane was a little bit aggressive on Monday Night Raw this week. Now, the thing is, there there've been a lot of stuff that's out there. Let me clarify my original report, guys. I said as of May, as of May, the tentative plan was to have Kyrie Sane serve as an ambassador in Japan and she would be returning to the country. I also said in that report, I do not know how that has changed in the last 5 or 6 weeks. I know that WWE wants wants to keep her for any variety of roles, and they don't want her going elsewhere. They know that she can be valuable elsewhere. It's in flux right now, because right now they're not going to expand into Japan, not with coronavirus going around, Denise. Just from the outside looking in, this isn't us reporting anything. It's us just kind of looking. What do you think happens with Kyrie saying? I mean... Based on what I think I would like to see happen is I would still like her to stay with the company because we've seen it a lot where sometimes, you know, we know that people have potential to reach a certain level of their career and just sometimes the timing is off. Sometimes it just isn't there yet. And I think that's the situation that we're seeing with Kyrie saying, I feel like, yeah, like she's taken a backseat to Asuka. She hasn't, you know, she had like this big high in NXT, goes up to goes up to the main roster and pretty much just becomes, you know, just anybody. And so I just feel like if, I don't know, maybe I have a lot of hope, but I just feel like maybe it's just not the right timing just yet for her. But I can see her, like, eventually getting, you know, a push like the way Asuka's getting and, you know, getting out of just being uh, Asuka's partner and just being in her shadow. And like I mentioned on Raw last week, is um, this week, is that even with her return and this match that she had, I felt that she felt more important this week. Or I don't know if it was just me, but I just felt I had a different vibe and a different energy into her into how she was actually being presented on the show. And I'm trying to see that as something moving forward that we might be seeing more of her, especially because of the way the fans are clamoring to know what exactly is happening with Kyrie saying like everyone is like well is she leaving is she not leaving and just the fact that people care so much should say a lot about her it feels like she's always played second banana to Asuka since coming up like that she is the supporting character and I get it Asuka translates a little bit better for a variety of reasons 
And th- there's nothing wrong with playing second banana to one. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One of the greatest performers, female performers in WWE history. Asuka is very special, but so is Kyrie. It's just a different type of character. And if Vince McMahon doesn't quite get it, then you're not going to be used as a top person. I could see her in, I could see her becoming women's champion. I could see almost anybody that, that get that gets it, like she does, becoming a women's champion. But do you think that she'll break out of that mold if she sticks around? I think she would have to eventually because at some point the Kabuki Warriors are people are maybe you're just not going to have interest anymore. It's going to be the same thing. Um, so I can definitely see them moving like if, if it were to happen, I can see them definitely doing something different with her. And like I said, like she has this thing where people gravitate towards her. Like it's not just her in-ring stuff, which we all know is good, but it's more than that. She has something that pulls the fans and brings, makes you interested in her and what she can do and I feel like if anything if she were to someday be a focal point she would drive um, I think she would drive a, a whole new viewership to at least pay more interest in her yeah Anakin JMT says Warren said last week on his show that if Kyrie went back to stardom she'd be one of the oldest women on the roster and might not be a good fit your thoughts that that is a very good point because the roster there is really really young and she left I think she was 27 when she left there but I mean like they've got like 17 18 19 20 year olds on their roster there and they beat the living shit out of one another they beat each other up and that roster is really brutal I don't know if I mean that's the thing you always hear about people making the trip over from Japan because they don't want to undergo all the damage to their body over there what do you think about that? I mean, we, we there's well, Kyrie, Kyrie, how old is she? She's like in her late twenties or no, mid-20s. no, she's like thirty-one. Oh, she's oh man. Okay, yeah. so here's the thing though, is that okay? First of all, that's definitely not old to me, like whatsoever. It's not. Yeah, in comparison to the other girls, I get the point, but I do not like the idea of a woman not being able to succeed or compete somewhere or get to a certain level just because of her age. I think that if Kyrie wanted to go back there and she wanted to, you know, pull out all the stops or whatever it took, she can definitely compete there even with the younger women. So I feel like that's something that we have to sort of demolish because I don't like the idea of putting an age limit. And I get it. It's a physical sport. Obviously, a 20-year-old is different from a 30-year-old. Well, I mean, I'm talking like they got 15 year olds several of them on the roster 13 year olds like 
they start so young over there, and I I can't speak to the culture over there about whether they're phased out, whether they age out as far as as a physical toll that it takes on the body. But I mean, that's that's the reality of the situation is that I, I don't know anybody off the top of my head. I can't think of anybody on that roster that's over 28 right now. I could be wrong. Oh man. Yeah. I don't like, I think she has options. I oh, think she no does. Matter what she decides, she has options. And I think whatever she chooses, like she'll, she'll kill it. Yeah. I mean, she's going to be great. I, I'm thinking Natsuko Tora might be, might be 30, might be 29 or something. Uh, Anakin JMT says, kind of wouldn't mind if Riho and Kyrie traded companies. Well, Rio's stuck in Japan right now, so she ain't going to be around for a little bit. Uh, Evan Wright says, same place that changed Jonah Rock to Bronson Reed. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that ends up working. Uh, but it doesn't, they, they've got a whole lot of sirloin beef sons of bitches in NXT that aren't doing anything like Killian Dane isn't doing a thing. Reminder, guys, donate to Super Chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. But leave us a thumbs up. That stuff really helps. AEW helped out Brian Pillman Jr.'s career. He's uh, appearing, or he appeared on Dark this week, had a competitive match with Sean Spears that he lost. Uh, This isn't his debut, though. He did wrestle in the Casino Battle Royal. But in 2018, he signed a multi-year deal with MLW. Now, the problem is... MLW does not run shows right now. You only get paid when you work for MLW. And Brian Pillman's got about a year left on that MLW deal. Now, word is he wants his release. MLW uh, Chief Operating Officer JSL said, if he elects to perform elsewhere under the terms of his deal, he has our full blessing to do so. Now, AEW did not exist when MLW started, when, when he signed. So he was free to do that, but he can't sign a contract. He still has to meet his MLW obligations. And this isn't unlike what we've seen in the past. Jimmy Havoc, MJF, both there. But we have also learned that MLW contracts, if you talk to the right people, you can get out of them. Look at the Lucha Brothers. Look at Tony Schiavone. Look at Swerve Strickland. All of them were supposed to have deals longer than what they actually ended up executing. What are your thoughts on this? Should Pillman try to ride this out, or should he try to get out of this deal, considering he doesn't know when he's going to work again? MLW says maybe September or October. Right. So here's the deal with that, is that I get it. We're in a whole different landscape. I think my opinion on this would have been different had this been pre-COVID. But now during COVID, I'm seeing it in a different way. And here's the thing, is that MLW has been making a lot of really big business moves in terms of, you know, getting on different platforms. They just started that thing with, with DAZN. So it's kind of like, okay, they're making a lot of big moves. You don't necessarily want unhappy talent. And I feel like if they were to say like, oh, you can't have, you you can't work with AEW even though we're not running shows right now, that just brings in a lot of unhappy talent. But at the same time, it's kind of like, okay, well, I get it. You know, they don't want to run shows for the safety of their fans. But I think at some point, the talent might get a little like, you know, when are we going to start working? Because at the end of the day, I want to get paid and I want to, and I want to actually work. So I feel like if they do it for him and if any other, other talent gets, you know, 
any other offers to do something else. They kind of have to say yes to everybody. But then at the same time, uh, like even prior to this, like prior to COVID, I never and didn't think it was going to fully work out that companies were like sharing talent and going back and forth because I figured that someday there would be like some sort of crossfire. And we did see glimpses of that. So I never thought that was a bright idea. I liked it because it did offer a lot of match options, but I didn't think it was a bright idea. But now with COVID, it's kind of like, all right, you're not running shows. Yes, it's a good call to have them be on AEW. And if they would have stopped that, it would have it would have looked bad. So it I think have. they, yeah, I think they saved themselves on that one. And I mean, not not to put your business out there, but I mean, you know what it's like to kind of seek your release from a dormant company. Now, here's the thing. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. I had this, a similar situation where I was signed to a company, I won't say what, for two years, and they only ran, like, less than seven shows in two years, and I only got paid during that time. It is not a fun situation to be in at all. And you were lucky enough to get that release, and that's that's the thing. Your career has thrived after that. I don't know how much that would have have impeded anything, but MLW says that they're going to keep running, but they're not running right now, and I, like, I see both sides of it. I see both sides of it for sure, but when you're early in your career, I, I would never sign a contract that is multi-year, two or three years per appearance. To me, if you're signing a contract with somebody and you can't go elsewhere... It should be salaried per month, whether you work or you don't. Like, that's just the way that I look at it. But that's easy for me to say sitting here in my office where I draw a salary. So, yeah, I think it's 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 funny because back then I maybe would have been like, no, yeah, go ahead and sign it. But after you go through something like that, you have totally different perspective on certain things. And I think at the end of the day, it sucks because we've even like with the whole Lucha Underground thing, what yeah. we were seeing with their talent go through. It sucks because at a certain point, there weren't as many options as, you know, as they are as there are now. Yeah, for sure. Evan Wright says, give me Jacob Fatu versus Kenny Omega. Hoseworthy, man, Jacob Fatu will end up in a major company. And that's the thing. That brings me to my next point. I interviewed Richard Holiday, who was a member of the Dynasty with uh, with MJF and Alexander Hammerstone. And whenever anybody would look at those three guys, people would say, the WWE look, the AEW look. And we know what the WWE look is. It's a big, handsome, tan guy, jacked, all that stuff. And Richard Holiday brought up a very good point to me because he did sign a multi-year deal with MLW. He said, well, people say that a lot, but I say, why isn't this the MLW look? And he's got a really good point. I mean, we know that the MLW look is the WWE look because WWE went to the lengths of contract tampering, allegedly, with Swerve Strickland, Humberto Carrillo, and Garza. And they, it's very clear when somebody pops up on MLW, they are on AEW and WWE's radar. So we see that talking point of the WWE look. Why do you think that's even still around today, Denise? Because we have seen a categorical shift in what a WWE superstar looks like over the last five, six years. I, I think it's plain and simple. I think it's because at the end of the day, WWE is still the biggest company and because of that, they are the forefront of what the talent is supposed to look like. And yes, there's been a shift in the type of talent we're seeing. But at the end of the day, 
you still see a lot of those WWE, those guys with the WWE look. And I just don't see that. I don't see that changing for a yeah. really, really long time. It's become, I don't even know if you can say it. You can't even say a stereotype because that wouldn't be true because there are a lot of guys that, you know, mm-hmm. have a certain look and they're there. And there's only so many that don't have that look. And, but here, and this is the thing too, is that obviously wrestling has changed. People now, you, it, having the look isn't enough. You know, there's so many people that we can talk about uh, that have it all, but they don't necessarily have the, what it takes to be, you know, a great in-ring performer or great charisma or whatever. So I just feel like now wrestling has changed so much that having the WWE look doesn't necessarily mean everything, but it does mean a lot. I think that's very well put. Uh, Throwback27 says, get your Fightful gear. I have my hoodie in my car. Yeah, check out uh, shop.fightful.com and check out Throwback's podcast every Tuesday. Uh, Evan Wright says, can we talk about these AEW dark matches? I'm really enjoying seeing these non-contracted people. Sean Dean, Lee Johnson, Serpentico, and Brady Pierce mainly. So, AEW dark has developed from a show with like a couple matches, maybe three matches that are competitive, into squash matches. And I, I actually like the approach because they're still getting a few hundred thousand viewers and they're accomplishing a few other things, Denise. One, they are getting lesser known talent on their show. They are establishing a relationship with these lesser known talents. See Brian Pillman and others. Uh, you, you've got people like Pineapple Pete on there who eventually appear on Dynamite. And you're racking up wins for a lot of these people who were not going to get wins. And as we've seen, the records in AEW matter. So when you've got somebody on that show that's like one in four, you're like, why the hell are they there? Well, AEW Dark helps them rack up those wins. What do you think of this process that they're using? To be honest, I haven't been keeping up as much with AEW Dark. Like, I just haven't, I don't think it's drawn my interest enough to actually go out of my way to go and watch it. I feel like I've been more of like, I'm going to watch what's on TV. I prefer, see, here's the thing is that like, I don't, I like for there to be like everything that I should know about a product for it to be on their main show. I don't want to have to go someplace out to seek information like you said racking up wins okay I don't want to have to go out and have to get that information and yeah you know it's presented but I just think that I don't it hasn't garnered my attention enough to go out and watch it Evan Wright says loved your Richard Holiday interview by the way uh, thank you very much it is up now on youtube.com slash fightful uh, you guys can also check out I don't promote this a lot but under our podcast section on fightful we have a section for shoot interviews and it's a lot of my Longer form interviews usually that go about 15 minutes or longer. I mean, we've got a ton up there from this summer. Two from John Moxley. We've got Dana Brooke. We've got Leo Rush, Joe Hendry, Zicky Dice. And I update those in clusters on quiet weekends. I'll add those to the archives. That way you can check them out. But our media calls are over there. Uh, like I interviewed Lita, Gail Kim, and Christy Hemi all together. Bad Luck, Fale. We've got all kinds of interviews over there. Hundreds. So make sure you guys check that out. Tim Traver says, what's up, my Fightful family? Checking in, doing good. Glad to hear that. Hope you catch some fish soon. Drew Nicholas says, hey, Sean, do you have any updates on what WWE is planning to do with Evolve and its wrestlers? I would expect, and it's just me expecting, I would expect them to just use the video library, keep it in their video games, and do absolutely nothing with the wrestlers. Maybe bring a couple of them in. 
I don't see them utilizing Evolve very much. Unless, Denise, when they hit the road, they start using that for all the NXT talent that isn't on TV. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to come more in handy once they actually start hitting the road for sure. But I just right now, it just kind of feels like there's only so much that you can do. I just feel like there's still a lot of talent that really isn't even being used. So, Drew, or actually Anakin JMT says, Gary Cassidy posted the email about you and him. I can't even take it seriously with all the grammar and spelling errors. Uh, I'm not going to give the person who wrote that the, the uh, real estate on our show, but go check out wrestling gary on twitter it is uh worth a funny look if if you're into that type of thing eloquent says i feel like AEW should include two competitive matches each episode because squashes can get a bit much over 45 minutes i i agree with that i don't disagree with that at all i did think that pillman and spears did kind of fit that mold so i i get what you mean uh definitely could see them wanting to switch that up. And I think that that's not a bad idea. Ah, oh, being the elite. Did you see the shot that they took at NXT? Which one? Uh, yeah, that doesn't narrow it down, does it? They said <laughs> they joked about losing in the ratings, but then they referenced one of the members of Indu Share. And we're not going to say what the spoiler was, but a member of Indu Share posted a spoiler for this week's NXT on their Instagram, and BTE took a shot at it. To me, I love it. I love it. I grew up on WCW and WWF taking shots at each other and counter-programming each other. I thought this was harmless fun. Well, here's the thing, too, is that you got to see it in this light. You know, AEW is the underdog right now. So if they can pull out creative ways to sort of get one over, you know, on, on the big dog of the pro wrestling yeah. industry, you know, then by, by all means, hey, if you can get people talking, then do it. Like, I remember, like, with just like even recently with what MJF said when he brought up the ratings war, with what Taz said about COVID, like, it's at least bringing, you know, uh, uh, it's bringing more attention to that, and I think it's adding uh, a little bit of fuel to it. So I think it's it's not bad. Hey, if you want to do it, then do it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Harlem Heat. Now we see Harlem Heat, Booker T. Booker T is a one of the great commenters of rest, uh, on wrestling right now. He's got a good podcast. I loved Stevie Ray's podcast when he had it. But Sasha Banks made a joke saying oh, on social media saying that they were better than Harlem Heat. Now, Harlem Heat is one of the all-time great tag teams. And Booker T responded, Have you seen any of this? What do you think of this? I love Sasha Banks doing this because, one, there's zero way, one, to prove it one way or another. Yeah. It's a scripted it's scripted wrestling. Two, Sasha Banks is a heel. Three, the match ain't never going to happen, was never going to happen. But they're putting them up there with one of the great all-time tag teams. I love this. I actually thought what was interesting was not specifically just that portion of it. I actually thought what was interesting was what Booker T had to say about Sasha and Bailey. Where uh, I don't remember his exact I'll, quote, I'll, but I'll read them real quick. He says, "Quote: I put her over. I put Bailey over too. Sometimes that's hard to do, but I managed to do it. Bailey is not great at any one thing, but she's good at everything. If that's not a compliment, I don't know what is." Maybe they're feeling a certain kind of way because they have gold around their waist. Sasha, Bailey, great tag team. As far as those two being anywhere near as great as a Hall of Fame tag team, 10-time world tag team champions, along with the greatest manager in history and sister Sherry Martell, 
what Harlem Heat brought to the game and are still sprinkling, people are still singing the name on a yearly basis. I don't know too many people who wanted to run up on Harlem Heat. As far as Sasha and Bailey go, I'm going to leave it at that. Congratulations on your success. Hopefully you won't post any more tweets about me. Right, so I saw that as a burial of Bailey. I thought yeah. he was like, okay, he's definitely pro Sasha, but at the end of the day, they are a team, and I think they're both pulling, they're both doing the legwork on this, all right? This isn't just Sasha, and this isn't just Bailey. It's both of them bouncing off and working off of each other. Uh, so I actually liked that whole thing that essentially led to this because I just thought that it was really interesting that he went out there and said it, and then, you know, Sasha defended defended Bailey in her own way. So I I like this. It's interesting because I didn't expect it, and I also didn't expect this com- this com- comparison with Harlem Heat whatsoever. Now, I respect Booker T. I loved him as a worker. He's one of my favorites to watch of all time, one of the best entertainers in the history of, of the sport, of the, the field of entertainment, sports entertainment. But when he says, hopefully you won't post any more tweets about me, and I'm thinking – Okay, no disrespect to you, but why this article exists because they did tweet about you. Like the, the yeah. that's a good thing to have possible double champions, two double champions tweeting about you after your career. You never know what's going to lead to somebody. Okay, for example, Kylie Ray, who I interviewed this week, trained under Booker T. How many Young girls, teenage girls, 20-something girls, do you think are following Sasha and Bailey right now? And they tweet about Booker T, quite frankly. Some of those people don't know who Booker T is. They find out who Booker T is. Some of them are going to say, you know what? That guy's really good. They're going to look him up. They might become the next Kylie Ray, who traveled from Chicago to Texas to train with this guy. That's good. That's free advertisement. This isn't like some fly-by-night scrub talking about Booker T. This is Sasha Banks and Bailey talking about Booker right. T. And it's I, a chain reaction. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Evan Wright says, Booker T uh, commentary Twitter page is amazing. Oh, I got to check that out. I thought he was great there. I, I loved him on commentary. I thought he was consistently entertaining. Ah, so we're, we're kind of wrapping things up with Shayna Baszler. I had reported last week on FightfulSelect.com, Denise, which everybody should subscribe to. We have six shows there weekly. Breaking news every single day. Exclusive news. Shayna Baszler has not been hurt. She doesn't have COVID. She's just been off TV for two months. And since Heyman's been gone, that's been even more so. Apparently Vince McMahon, according to Wrestling Observer, not that big of a fan of her. And now she's popping up on main event. So now on main event, you got Bianca Belair and Shayna Baszler just chilling. That's a disservice, Denise. Yeah, I, I let me just say this. I don't, I don't even remember the last time I watched main event. So that should tell you everything about yeah. that. And let's, I, it's weird to me though because I, when Shayna Baszler came in, like she was the person people were talking about. You expected big things for her. Like you, it was a, kind of those people where like they come in and you can already see their future lined up, right? You can predict their future. And I don't think anybody predicted this. I don't think anybody predicted that 
she wouldn't necessarily be main eventing, you know, or having really big WrestleMania moments. Like I, that's something that I would have expected to see her in that sort of picture. And so it's weird. It is. Uh, it, it is so odd to me. You could have something going on. Like, I don't know, maybe have Shayna and Bianca feud. Like if you're going to, if you're not going to do anything. And it's... here's the thing, like, even with Shayna, like, I'm not going to say that she's, like, my favorite women's wrestler or anything like that. But the thing about Shayna is that she, her character that she is in the ring, like, that, it's so authentic yeah. and raw that I don't know anybody else that comes across like that. And I don't think it hurts to have a woman on the roster that can literally, looks like is going to kill you. And really, really has that. So I just feel like there's so much that they can do with her, even if it's not, you know, something that's of a focal point. And she, actually, she should be, honestly, because of, of what she brings. Manny Santos wraps up our Super Chats by saying, Heath and Drew have over 1 million views on YouTube. Amazing. That is amazing. It's not a surprise, though. Everything Drew McIntyre does, does really good numbers. I keep my eye on those. But speaking of Heath Slater... On FightfulSelect.com, we'll be talking about Heath Slater, Kayla Braxton, WWE Enforcing Masks, Sarah Logan, Kylie Ray, WWE Counter Programming. So make sure you guys subscribe over there. Uh, DJ Cass says, Main Event has actually been one of the low-key good in-ring shows uh, going. Uh, check out some of the uh, Cedric and Ricochet matches I've been reviewing I mean, yeah, I don't doubt that. With Bianca, Cedric, and Ricochet, and now Shayna on that show, I don't doubt that it is one of the better ones. And Evan Wright says, Shayna versus Bianca, raw segment on a pole match. Uh, woof. Well, hopefully you all enjoyed this show. I love doing these with Denise. I'll tell you what. It ain't as easy to anchor a new show as it is a review show. As you see, like, I, I timed things out a little bit. Um... A little bit off, but hey, we're working on it. We had one roll in from Dante V. It says, Matt Riddle's Twitter video really turns me off from watching WWE pro programming. Not fair to the roster, but I really can't get behind that heinous behavior. Hey, that, that's a that's a he said, she said situation. I thought that him wearing that hat was a stupid idea since the person who ran that company has been suspended or fired or whatever by WWE, but... Uh, you got to let that type of thing play out. I mean, I've got some unique insight on that situation that I can't really get out there, but uh, I hate that that situation is even happening. I hate that it's even happening, but hopefully it gets it gets settled. But I can't believe that so many wrestlers aren't utilizing the PR companies and the PR services in which they're provided. It's weird. that I would not have advised that video that he released. That's for sure. I was uh, surprised that there was a video. I watched it, and I was very surprised by uh, by what was said. And I watched it. I first read the transcript that you guys provided on Fightful. Yes. And then I was like, you know what? I Reading it is one thing, but I need to hear how he's delivering it. And I did watch the video. And I just kind of feel like, like you said, it's a he said, she said sort of thing. And at the end of the day, like, he cheated on his wife, but that's not our business. So I don't know. Yes. It's really weird. Anakin JMT says, will Apollo Crews show up Monday with the old title since MVP has the new one? I'm sorry I missed that super chat. I think he will. I think they'll do that, and then he'll take the belt or something like that. But guys, leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. 
Denise, tell the people where they can follow you. YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Come follow me. I have a million videos that are I'm planning on having go up on the channel. So please come on over. YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Like literally everything my name. You can just Google search me and I'll come up. And um, yeah, I've been posting a lot more and chatting with people and posting like little fun games on on like Twitter and stuff. Nice. So if you're into games, come on over. I'm your friend. Check it out, guys. We're on the list. Goes on right after this. We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.